Welcome to the Wrestling with Legends podcast. Our guest today, Doug Basham of the world famous Basham Brothers. You guys remember them quite well from WWE, also known uh, they are part of the cabinet. We're going to get to all that in a little bit. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Pleasure. Oh, yeah. No, pleasure's all mine. Um, so I got to ask you right away um, a little bit of uh, confusion on my part. Are you from Ohio or Kentucky? I am from Indiana. Not even close. All right. Yeah, oh, no. right in the, the neighbor. You missed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, you know, I was doing a little bit of research. Um, and I, for whatever reason, I remember them from, I thought they said you were from uh, either Kentucky or Ohio when you were coming to the ring. But years ago. Well, Vince McMahon um, wanted to have somebody from the state of Ohio. So they said that me and Danny were from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and we were yeah. like, okay, how many zeros are in that check? We'll be from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, I mean, you know, I'm from Cleveland. You can look behind me and see all the yeah, and stuff. I can see it. Even over here, I don't know. Yeah, nope. man. On the door. <laughs> so I was like, man, this is going to be an Ohio guy, you know, OHI. <laughs> Not even close. We're talking to the Hoosier, but that's okay. That's uh, right. So I did, I did want to ask you, though, because people who followed your career, a lot of people know about, OVW, which before there was an NXT, uh, there was an OVW, which really to me was like a version of an NXT is now. Yeah. So you did a lot in singles. So when you got called up to the WWE, was there much talk about you debuting as a single star or was it just set in stone that if you were going to be on the main roster, you had to be in a tag team? Well, it's, um, it's funny how I got called up. And of course, I, I was in the developmental system for quite for about a year and a half. And then OVW used to have their uh, arena in Indiana. And then Danny uh, moved it from Indiana over to Shepherdsville. Uh, he opened the Davis Arena in Shepherdsville Road, uh, 4400 Shepherdsville Road in, in Louisville, Kentucky. And that first show was called Fall Brawl. And I was supposed to wrestle Brock Lesnar. And that's when Brock was the, the heavyweight or he was the champion. Uh, WWE's I forget with the unified champion or whatever the title was and then uh Vince McMahon didn't he goes no I'm not sending my champion down to wrestle you know a developmental guy so they yeah. brought in Chris Benoit instead to stand in for him and uh went out there and I I rocked the house with Chris Benoit and uh, Jim Ross was there with Jim Cornette doing commentary and Jim Ross was head of talent relations so he saw that I did, you know, such a good job with Chris Benoit that they moved me up on the road to take me to take a look and let me wrestle some of the guys that are on the active roster. So uh, initially they, they brought me up to take a look at me. And then when I was there, Jim Cornette was uh, pushing for both me and Danny to be a tag team because, you know, we were, we were pretty, we were pretty good tag team as well. So then after I had was up there for about three weeks, I guess, as singles, I, I went home, set at home for a couple of weeks, and then they brought me and Danny up and gave us a shot. And then uh, we passed the test, and um, that the rest is history. That's how that kind of happened. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it, uh, his name. I've been doing this probably we've had over 50 guests on, right? You're the first one to mention the name Chris Benoit. Um, I'm not going to ask you a million questions. It's none of my business, right? But it's like that forbidden topic. Yeah. It's like – I had met him three times. Um, every time I met him was at a, as a fan. He would always stop, take a picture, talk a little bit. In fact, I think I have a picture with you somewhere too. But 
Like, what was he like to work around? I'm just curious because he, he seemed like a real quiet guy, but but normal. Was was Chris Benoit a normal guy? Yeah, yeah, he he was he was a normal guy. I mean, he was kind of quiet to himself, but uh, you know, uh, working with him, uh, he was a professional in the ring. Um, I mean, it was physical, and he, he hit you hard, but he expected it back, but he never hurt anybody, and he was just so intense in the ring and. He carried that intensity and that uh, demeanor with him everywhere he went. You know, that was just that was just him, um, you know, not getting into, you know, what he did after that. And, and uh, you know, judging a guy about what he did and all that. I'm not going to go into, get into that. Yeah. But yeah. Just, when, just when I was what I knew of him, when I worked with him, you know, he was a professional and he was he was he was uh, he was one of the guys I always looked forward to working with whenever I was yeah. up there. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And like I said, I wasn't even planning on asking that. That's uh, yeah. you're the first guy to bring him up. So I was like, oh, I might as well throw that out there. Um, and we're going to get to uh, Wilder Guerrero's right about now. Actually, it was the next question. So, you know, less than six months on the main roster, right? Your brother and yourself defeated the Los Guerreros for the, the WWE Tag Team Championships. This was in a day in the WWE where, where tag teams were actually pretty good. Um, not just because you guys looked like each other, but this is when, you know, teams would dress alike right they would you knew they were a team it wasn't just two single stars always smashed together like it is now that's why i feel it doesn't work but during this run you were you know you guys were about six months on the main roster you get a, a win for the championships over the guerreros obviously uh, eddie guerrero one of the greatest of all time in, in my opinion what was that feeling like and how much confidence did it give you knowing that they gave you such a quick push like that well it's, it's always a good feeling whenever a company, uh, especially the WWE, um, uh, puts the titles on you because they're like, here you go, boys. This is uh, we're going to see what you guys got. You guys have proved yourself. Now run with, you know, you have the ball. Now run with it. And that's kind of what Eddie Guerrero said whenever we finished. And he after the match, we were waiting for him and Chavo in the hallway as we're coming back. And, you know, we, we said thank you. And uh, Eddie comes up and gives me a big hug, you know, and said, you're the, uh, you're the champs now. Congratulations. You earned it. Now, now run with it, you know, yeah. making them so proud. And, and working with Eddie and Chavo, because we were like married to him for such a long time, you know, married, meaning we always worked with them on all yeah. the house shows. And it was, they were so fun and so easy. I mean, we had a really good time in there with them. And uh, actually, I learned, you know, I, at that point, when I made it to the WWE, I had been in wrestling for 10 years. So I thought I pretty much knew what I was doing and, and, and I did I was pretty good I thought but uh that was a whole nother uh that was a whole nother class in session when you moved up to there it's like moving from uh high school to college or college to pro <laughs> you know, they were good man and I learned a lot uh yeah. so work, work with them with them were great yeah and I'm glad you said that too because that was actually my next question you already addressed it so thank you I was gonna say what was it like working with Eddie Guerrero um, you know, again, for me, I'm, I'm four years old, so I've been watching wrestling 35 plus years back to the Saturday Night's main event days. Right. And yep. Eddie was one of those guys because I'm small. I'm only like five foot six. So every time there's a guy, you know, on the shorter stature or whatever um, that could tear it down like he did. And like Ben Wild, you said earlier, it's so easy to root for those guys. So I just thought you guys had tremendous chemistry. And I wanted to make sure I mentioned that there was one thing about your angle that I didn't particularly care for. But you guys don't make the decisions, right? So I wanted to ask you about this because um, your in-ring talent was incredible. But you come out to the ring with Linda Miles, who is a former college basketball player. She's athletic as hell, right? 
can see from the smile, you already know where I'm going with this. What's with the bondage gimmick? Like, what? Whose brainchild was that? Oh man, uh, one of the writers. You know, um, you know, the WWE hires kids out of college, and they, 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 they're just kids, and they're trying to, I guess, get experience in writing for movies, sure. sitcoms, and all that. So, you know, they hire writers, and one of these young kids went to a Britney Spears concert and Britney Spears was dressed like a dominatrix and she had all her dance, which were male dancers dressed in black leather pants. So this writer thought it would be a great idea because me and Danny wore black leather pants to put a dominatrix with this and voila, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> to me, I'm like, man, these guys could really go. They're an excellent tag team. If anybody had half a brain, they were watching, uh, what was it called, Tough Enough? So people yep. were tough enough, so they knew of her athletic background and playing basketball and everything else. And I was just like, yeah, you know, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, why do you think she left out there? I mean, because she was, Linda was there about a year um, and then and then she left. Uh, I forget what they, her, I actually completely forget what her screen name was. I don't know, Shaniqua or something, right? Shaniqua, yeah. Yeah, and like, why do you think like she, I mean, do, do you feel like that just gave her a bad taste in her mouth right away and she said the hell with it? Um, Linda was, um, and, and I can't speak for her. I can only give you what, you know, what I think, cause you know, we did ride up and down the road with her a lot and we, you know, got to know her a little bit. I think she was just so competitive, uh, in nature being a college star athlete that she saw this tough enough, um, tough enough opportunity as a, as a challenge, something mm -hmm. that she in, and she won because she really didn't have, you know, wrestling in her heart. Like most most everybody who gets into wrestling, you, you live it, you breathe it, you watched it growing up. And Linda really didn't do that. She was just a competitor. And uh, she went out there and, and she won. And then when she won, she was probably thinking, oh, crap, I won. I guess I got to wrestle now. But, you know, she gave it her best best go. And uh, I think she just didn't have the heart, you know, for it. And then when she was with us, I think Vince McMahon just kind of saw that maybe she just wasn't, you know, ready. To, to move on as a singles competitor when they split all of us up, sent her back down to, um, sent her back down to OVW for more training. And then she just said, you know, I've had enough. Yeah, I just think it's amazing because all the real athletes that came off that show and I, and, and what I mean by real is people with an amateur background, right. Um, playing college sports um, didn't do anything, which is shocking to me. Like a guy like Daniel Puder went nowhere. She didn't last. And then you get a guy who is strictly a reality TV star like The Miz. And my God, I mean, to the moon, he went. So crazy. Yeah, but The Miz, The Miz was a wrestling fan since he was a kid. You he know was. that? And biggest wrestling fans sometimes make the best professional wrestlers, you know? Yeah. Well, what's ironic about him, I'll throw this out there because, again, you see all the Cleveland stuff in the background. Uh, we live like, well, not now he lives in California, but uh, growing up, we're the same age. Me and uh, Mike Mazzano lived about 15 minutes apart. So he, oh yeah, he lives in Parma, Ohio. I grew up in North Olmstead. Um, same with Dolph Ziggler, Nick Nemeth. Nick Nemeth was a beast. And he went to St. Edwards, one of the greatest wrestlers to ever come out of St. Edwards. Then he went to Kent State. Um, that's another guy that I, I feel like the WWE could have did a lot more with if they really focused. Because I mean, he wasn't on the Kurt Angle level, but this was a guy in, in Nick Nemeth who was just absolutely incredible amateur skills. But Moving on, because uh, I want to keep things about you. Um, you know, in, in uh, this is a storyline I remember very well, and I actually liked it a lot. You were part of the cabinet, and you know, going in, 
to this angle with a guy like JBL, how much mentorship did, was he able to give you? Was there like a real bond behind the scenes with JBL, Justin Bradshaw, Bradshaw Layfield? Cause it seemed like there was like, you guys had a really good on air chemistry. What was that experience like with all them? Well, I met JBL or John when he came down to uh, Ohio Valley wrestling to rehab. I think he had broke his forearm or something like that. So he had, come back him and ron came down to ovw to get you know his ring uh, ring shape back and that's where i met uh, jbl and then he found out that i was danny's nephew and then uh, just kind of took a liking to me um i, I don't know why we just kind of sometimes you just get along with guys and sometimes you don't and he was one of those guys that i got along with and i don't, I don't know if it was mainly because i was danny's nephew or if he just you know thought i was a good kid and liked me and wanted to help me so when we moved up uh, and he moved on and, and they went on and then finally eventually me and Danny moved up and JBL would uh you know there was always that one guy in the locker room you know, like to, even in college or high school or pro you know you get a little freshman get hazed a little bit sure. JBL one of those guys that would haze you and he did it to me too he did it to everybody and it's all how you handle yourself and conduct yourself and how you handle the hazing as uh which will uh, determine if you're accepted into the locker room or not, you know, and, uh, you know, I passed. And then uh, whenever we did this tough enough um, competition where me and Danny had to stop these kids from getting the flag yeah. or um, Bradshaw and undertaker spoke to Vince and spoke up for us. And uh, JBL wanted to put us with him as a you know, reward because we stopped those guys. We didn't embarrass ourselves. We didn't embarrass the company. We stopped those kids and um, represented ourselves well. And he saw that, Undertaker saw that, Vince saw that and said, yeah, we're going to, let's, let's reward those boys. And he took us under under uh, his wing and helped us out a lot uh, during that run with the cabinet. Even though we were just JBL's crash test dummies most of the time, <laughs> it didn't matter to me, man. We got to work with all the top guys. We were in the main events. We it was and we made a lot of money and it was probably the highlight of my career in wwe i completely believe it too and you know again watching that like i said there was a definite on-air chemistry um i enjoyed a lot of it one of the things i enjoyed the most quite frankly was wrestlemania 21 and the build-up to that of jbl dropping the the strap to john cena two different things here guys i'm watching at home you know, JBL was champion for about 10 months. He had taken the belt off Eddie Guerrero that past summer, which is huge in itself. And then, you know, John Cena was this up-and-comer kind of guy that, you know, we didn't know if he was going to stick or not, and he becomes one of the greatest of all time, again, in my opinion. Um, so going into all of that, that whole storyline, because you guys were working with them like crazy. Also, Orlando Jordan was there working with, with y'all. What was John Cena like? Because to me, this, again, this is a guy – that I've met about three times and every time as nice as can be and seemed genuine too. It wasn't just to me, it didn't seem too fake, but what was, you know, your relationship with John Cena basically? Yeah, I, me and John got along well. Um, when he first came in to OVW, uh, let me, I mean, uh, to a point you made about WrestleMania 21 when he won the title or, or dropped the title, I think he dropped it to Cena, right? Yep. Um, JBL had, nobody knows this, but JBL had brought up the idea of all the cabinet having all the gold going into WrestleMania 21 and then all of us losing it 
uh, after in WrestleMania 21. And all sure. that, you know, that didn't happen. Let's dang it. But that would have been a great idea. And I would have loved every minute of that. Uh-huh. You know, J- JBL was the, the champion. Orlando would have been the United States champion. Mm-hmm. And then me and Danny were the tag champions. And I, I thought that would have been a, that would have been a great storyline. Then after WrestleMania 21, JBL gets all mad, and then we just quit the cabinet. Say, see ya, you know. Yeah. But uh, so that's just, just some extra information for the people watching. Uh, a lot of some inside scoop. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. But working with John, and, and uh, whenever John got moved up, he was the, the in OVW. He was the prototype, and then he moved up to. Um, WWE and did the ruthless aggression wearing the same trunks and then he transitioned into the the, the rapper guy uh, and then moved moved on to whatever he became after that just super popular uh, when he first moved up when I first moved up and was doing singles um, matches when they were taking a look at me when I had my mullet still yeah. uh, me and John we rode up and down the road together and uh, because in OVW we were friends you know and uh, he I wrestled with him, worked with him, practiced with him, you know, saw these guys a lot more than I saw my family, real original, my uh, immediate family. Sure. But uh, nice guy, genuine, yeah, um, humble, pretty humble. Um, he passed all the tests and did what a lot of guys couldn't do, man. He broke through that glass ceiling and became a, a superstar and was the face of the company for quite some time. So, you know, kudos to John John Cena on that. Now, now look at him, he's a movie star now. He, he did the right things, uh, kept his word, showed up on time, worked hard, and, and lived what he preached, which is something we do here at Keon Sports, and yeah. that's how you gain the following. So a um, couple more questions for you. Thank you for taking a, a quick moment out of here every day. Um, no worries. A couple more, like, current questions. So, again, like I said, I kind of aged myself earlier, um, you know, being 40 years old. I grew up with Hawk Hogan having the championship for, like, three years. Uh, even before that, like, Bob Backlund had it for years, and, you know, going into history – they used to do a thing in WWE or WWF at the time where the world champion was the world champion for years, right? It wasn't like a quick turnaround. Yeah. They're doing that right now with Roman Reigns, and I absolutely love it. I'm a huge Roman Reigns mark, quite frankly. Um, the insider turn for everybody, Mark. So, <laughs> which I thought at one time calling this podcast, I'm not a mark podcast, you know, <laughs> more wrestlers would come on it. Yeah. All mark. <laughs> yeah. Right. I've always thought like, you know, if they if they put my name into a Google search, they're gonna realize that Keon Sports is extremely legitimate. Vince McKee, I, ten published books, all that crap. But nine times out of ten, you know, a professional athlete's gonna check their phone and be like, "Never heard of this guy." Next, you know, so <laughs> it, it's nice that you know I've been able to get that people come on the show. Anyway, yeah. Ro- Roman Reigns, good idea, bad idea to, to continue this reign that he's on. That's two plus years at this point. Oh, good idea. Great idea. I'm, I'm old school, man. I like old school um, and uh, way of thinking and old school writing. Um, today's wrestling is so shotgun, it seemed like, you know, and things don't last and they move so quick. And uh, the time you start I, watching, time I start to get into the story, it's already over. And, you know, I'm I, like you, I'm, I'm 50. I just turned 50 uh, May 12th, actually. So the Wikipedia page is wrong. I was born in 72, not 71. Um and I live in Indiana, not Kentucky. <laughs> uh, but I, I old school thinking, man, uh, back in the day when those storylines used to last three months, six months, man. So yeah. uh, I think it's good. I like it. I do, too. I do, too. Um, speaking of that, then, uh wanted to ask you, there is uh, – well, first of all, you, you, you had a quick jaunt 
um, in TNA after the WWE stuff was done. And this is not asking you to knock anybody. Don't worry about that. But like when we when you were in Impact and stuff like that, like can you tell the difference? Like was it noticeable? Like how things were run, like professionally, the crowd sizes, the touring. What is there a giant drop off from 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 WWE to Impact? Man, and the the feeling at Impact was different. You didn't feel like you were walking on eggshells there and afraid you're going to lose your job. And uh, it was a, it was a, everybody would seem like they were a lot, I don't know, just seemed closer, a little close knit, closer knit locker room. Really? Because everybody was a part of a company when I, well, when I was there, I was only there for three months, but I just got that feeling. And then at that point, Gail was there, you know, so um, mm-hmm. I got that feeling of everybody's there to, everybody's there for one reason and one reason only, and that's to build a, a company you know, build, build a new, new company and a new place to go to have, so people could go wrestle. And I was glad to be a part of that for three months, but uh, we didn't quite cut their, you know, cut the mold there at TNA. And, you know, it was good. I was only there for three months, loved it. And it was great. And then went on to travel the world after that for a couple of years before I finally hung my boots up. Last question for you again. I want to thank you for taking the time today. It's been a blast. I always love talking to a fellow Buckeye. <laughs> you know i always i ask i ask a guy from ohio once i said what is a buckeye he told me it was a useless nut yeah that's all it is yeah <laughs> that's he, a good... said, he said who's your daddy and i go okay <laughs> touche you got me <laughs> it's a really good piece of candy they they have <laughs> buckeyes which is chocolate with the peanut butter in the middle and, yep. you know, like you said, like when, when I turned, I think like 35, I lost my metabolism. So I, I stopped having, you know, the, 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 <laughs> put whatever I want in my mouth. Those were good. Um, last question for you too. Growing up for me, a big deal was WCW versus WWF. The Monday Night Wars were a blast. I loved it. Um, we, we have a blog. I write about them all the time. But that being said, do you think that it, the AEW All Elite, could get to the level of a WCW where they could compete on Monday nights, meaning, you know, that the WWE will run raw, they'll run dynamite or whatever. Do you think they could do that? Because to me, they have the stars to do it. I just, you know, I don't know if they have the leadership yet, but what do you think about that? Well, I think competition is always good and I'm glad to see it. You know, I'm glad that somebody is there uh, trying to be the, uh, the next big thing or be the, you know, take over, you know, not, be the king of the mountain, you know, and they do have a lot of talent and a lot of stars there and they're building people. And, um, are they competition? Yeah, I think they kind of are. I would say, yeah, uh, they're, they're great. You know, I keep an eye on some of this stuff, you know, uh, you got two sets of fans, you know, you've got WWE fans and you got AEW fans and some will watch both AEW and WWE and some just goes one way or the other. Um, I still think that AEW may have a little, you know, they have some work to do, but uh, I'm glad they're there. I'm glad because the, the more places there is uh, to go work, the better for the better for the guys, you know, better for the professional athletes or professional wrestlers. Sure. And I, I think, yes, I think they, they will and can be a competition if they, I think they kind of are already a little bit. Yeah. Add on question to that then Chris Jericho, do you think what Chris Jericho has done with AEW help getting them off the ground like he has and just reinventing himself a million times over has this Chris Jericho's 
do you feel what he's done in AEW has kind of solidified him as one of the greats? I think being one of the first guys to jump over was a surprise and a shock. Like, oh man, and yeah. It, helped, it did help the it did help the brand and help get him off the ground. So, and Chris, I know Chris. Chris is a great guy. He really is. So I can't I say anything bad about him, other than when he was. Uh, I think he tried to change his look, and boy, he was looking looking hefty. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting he's getting back. He's back in shape now, looking really good, man. And uh, yeah. I, I would I would say he's one of the greats. Yeah. Yeah, one of my you favorites. Know, he made that jump from WCW to WWE, and then was the first uh, dual, you know, unified champion. And then he's a, he just had a, he's had a long, great career, man. He, he's he's a, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, absolutely. You know, I don't tweet at many wrestlers. I actually tweeted at him though last year. Uh, who was seven at the time won her first track meet. So she had ran in the 100 meters. She won it. We went out to dinner. I just happened to have an AEW hoodie on. I wasn't even thinking that I had it on, right? But I tweeted at him. I'm, Chris Jericho is one of my favorites. Truth be told, him, him and Bret Hart and Kurt Angle, like, big three. But he uh, he had tweeted and said, hey, Chris, she won, or, you know, she's all elite or something, thinking, like, he's never going to see it. Not only did he get it, he retweets it, sends out a congratulations, congratulations message to Maggie. I, it's just so cool. I'm like, who, who would do that, right? So very cool stuff. But, hey, man, I want to thank you again for, for coming on the show today. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll uh, we'll stay in touch, and I wish you the best. Yeah, absolutely, man. Can I say a couple things before we go? Please say as much as you want. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, currently right now, um, I've just over the past couple of years, I've gotten back into the wrestling scene because I kind of took a, took a break. And uh, currently I'm now here at Ohio Valley Wrestling with Al Snow. Oh, nice. And I, I'm the head trainer at the Ohio Valley Wrestling uh, School, Al Snow Wrestling Academy right here. So my, my career's kind of went full circle. You know, I started at Ohio Valley Wrestling, went and had my career, retired, and then got back into it. So, you know, I started here, went and came all back around and helping uh, these kids uh, try to get to the WWE and the AEW. And people are the show our show comes on every thursday night you can catch it on the fight tv network from seven to nine or uh if you're here locally you can catch it on some uh some of your local channels and then we're getting ready to start our uh summer tour we start next week and uh and anybody can go to obwrestling.com and check out our uh, schedule and uh, come see it live and if you do come you come say hello and uh, tell me where you saw me right here on this show absolutely Keon sports uh i'll have to get a press credential for that we just had it was cyn was in town the other night uh at the Odeon here in cleveland yeah. Yeah. for that so i was with braun and uh, ec3 michael hutter another guy who grew up in ohio willoughby but um yeah real quick then because i i was not aware of this that's huge l snow is the best not the biggest name but the best actual guest we've ever had on this show yeah, right Oh my god! Like, uh, like I'm, now he's number two. Then I guess. Oh yeah, you'll have to tell him. <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna pull back the curtain for everybody. So L Snow, right? You see this guy on TV. He's hilarious. You follow him on Twitter. He's real funny. And you think like, okay, like I thought, all right, he's gonna come on the show. He's probably gonna be telling jokes. You know, it's gonna be a laugh, right? He is the most intelligent human being I think I've ever spoken to in my life. Like yes. you. The interview was dead serious. Like, it had a serious tone from the minute go. I think I booked him for, like, 45 minutes. I think he went, like, 90. And it was just insane. Like, he was so 
good. And like his insight was tremendous. I would tell people go buy his book, his book. It, 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 it's hilarious, but his book is so honest. He talks about things like with his ex-wife, you know, having like a million different things. We're like, wow, this guy's really honest about like the, the, the sacrifices it takes to be a wrestler and so on down the road. So I'm sorry. I just had a geek total fanboy Mark moment there for Al Snow. He's my all, all right, man. guest. Just, I can't, I'm going to send you the link to listen to his interview because it's, it's just tremendous. So, hey, I'm going to come down and check you guys out then. Sound good? I'll get a little press yeah. Some fun. Yeah, man. Please do come down. You'll be our guest. Let us know. Uh, you can get a hold of us. Let us know. We'll get you in. And uh, I love it. We'll, we'll, we, may even get, we may even give you a free ticket. <laughs> okay. Of course we would. But, yeah, come yeah. down check it out, man. It'll be fun. And, and I hope that uh, people, you know, will, will come and, and – uh, join it live because it's something different about seeing it live and in person and being being in the historic davis arena as opposed to watching it on tv you know but either or and then uh, you know we have pay-per-views every other month and then we have our big t we call it a, our big tv pay-per-view but it's it's just our big tv sh show leading to the next pay-per-view and that's happening june 2nd so we got a lot of good stuff going on here, man. And there is a lot of good talent here yes. in OVW right now. And more is coming. More is coming. So just, you know, keep your eyes um, out for OVW because these are the guys that will be you'll be seeing on AEW and WWE next. Absolutely agreed. Completely agreed. Thank you again. And, yeah, I'm definitely going to talk to you soon. Now, I'm, not, now I'm, not, I'm just not saying it. I will actually talk to you soon. So, All right. You. Sounds good, bud. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. Have fun today. Thank you.